Hi, and welcome to the study of God's Word from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. Good morning, and welcome to service with us today. I'm going to ask now that you turn with me to your Bible, in your Bibles to Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. Psalmist says this, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We come today with heavy hearts, things that are on our mind with the whole coronavirus. And I want to address that a little bit today and how God wants us to deal with this current pandemic. And what are we supposed to do as Christians? Are we supposed to just lie in wait? Are we supposed to reach out to others? What does the scripture have to say about the current situation that we are going in? And as you know, we've all heard the news about the coronavirus. But the question this morning I want to ask you is, has it made you nervous? The coronavirus, which began in China, has spread around the world. The World Health Organization has labeled it a pandemic, meaning it's dangerous and quickly spreading across the globe. At first, we watched with sadness as we learned of the thousands dying in China. And when we heard reports that the virus had found its way to other countries, we became more concerned for those on cruise ships or trapped in vacation spots now vulnerable to a disease that seemed unstoppable. We knew that it was coming close when the entire nation of Italy went on lockdown. Some felt safe in the United States because the ports were closed. In addition, immigration entry points and airplane flights were shut down, canceled, or closed. Then we started to see the reports of the snowballing presence of the virus inside the United States. That's when the blame game began. Everyone started blaming everyone else. Still, many people were reluctant to accept the seriousness of the problem. That is until it started to touch home. All airplane flights to Europe, major parades along with political rallies and marches were canceled. We knew it was really serious when the NBA shut down its remaining games, the stock market crashed, and some mega churches switched their worship services to online venues. The Center for Disease Control is working with the World Health Organization to slow the spread of the disease. And while scientists develop an antivirus to stop its growth and a vaccine to prevent its reoccurrence. And as we are at home and we're all cooped up as it be, while the world waits... What should the faithful do? Well, here's what we should do. We should follow the safety instructions we have been given and trust God for deliverance. The biblical record indicates that when the death angel came through Egypt, that the faithful were told to mark their doorways with the blood of the lamb, prepare a meal, and wait for the salvation of the Lord. There was weeping and wailing all around them. Even some in Israel who did not seek the protection of the blood were among the mourners. The record also indicates that Noah's family was instructed to come into the ark because an unseen storm and flood was coming. 
The family followed God's instruction and waited in a year-long quarantine until it was safe to walk on dry ground. The record also reminds us that the disciples were on a boat in the middle of a storm, and someone asked Jesus, Jesus, do you even care that we may die? Their faith was renewed when Jesus spoke to the wind and waves and said, Peace, be still. While we wait for this terrible pandemic to pass, the faithful must not faint. Even in challenging, frightful, and terrifying times, God is still good. He is in control, working through the great minds of the world or on his own volition. God will speak to this pandemic as he spoke to the cholera pandemic of 1899, the Spanish flu of 1918, the Hong Kong flu of 1968. He spoke and Ebola, HIV, and SARS were identified, contained, and now under control. We wait because unlike pandemics, a pandemic is worldwide and there is no place to hide. We wait because pandemics have one or more novel or new components with no known vaccines. It takes months to develop vaccines as we know it, and it comes to a halt. Even while we wait, we must remind ourselves of the goodness of the Lord. Even while we wait and follow medical instructions, we know no disease or force on earth can destroy the people of God. Even as things go wrong, we remind ourselves that God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. As Christians, we remain faithful that our God is able to deliver us from whatever temptations and frustrations we may face. And as we wait in faith, those who have weathered many storms remind us, this too shall pass. This text reflects on David's explanation of how he emotionally survived difficult times by leaning on his faith to God. There there are 150 psalms, most of which were written by David, Moses, and an assortment of worship leaders under the inspiration of God. The psalms deal with every emotion known to man, but to deal with those emotions in relationship with God. They show us as believers who bear their souls before God as they experience the anger, the love, anxiety, doubt, shame, worry, and a plethora of other emotions. This psalm, the 27th psalm, addresses the spiritual soul when it has reached a point of uneasiness, much as what we're feeling right now in the current state of our nation. It raises and answers the question, when do we trust God completely and wholly? This psalm reminds us that it's the best solace in difficult times. We must have godly confidence because faith in God is the best medicine for all seasons. Our faith is grounded in one truth, that all things work to the good of those who are called. No matter what happens, whether storms or wind, sunshine, rain, good times or pestilence, God has both our bodies and souls in his hands. In difficult times, David writes that he would have fainted if his faith had not allowed him to look through the threats of danger. 
he experienced to see God's goodness all throughout him. He saw the tragedy around him, but faith allowed him to also see the goodness of the Lord. He saw the dark losses around him, and he also saw how God's light shined brightly in dark places. We've got to look for the light. He resolved to wait patiently on the Lord as he remembered the goodness and greatness of God. That is the power of God. Whenever difficulties increase, the faithful give witness to three truths. The first of that truth is we must lean heavily on the power of God. Often in emergencies, we learn how much we are dependent on the power of God. The old-timers were not theologians, but they were quick to acknowledge when natural circumstances were beyond their control. When tornado forces came or floodwaters rose, they learned to wait patiently to move. Some ordered the members of their household to sit still during storms and wait for God to do his work and push the storms past. They sat confidently because they knew the power of God. Standing at the Red Sea, the people of Israel murmured as they stood at the banks of the sea with Pharaoh's army rapidly approaching. See, in these difficult times, the entire world is uneasy and on the verge of panic. Yet the faithful, like the old-timers are taking the necessary precautions and waiting in confidence that God will do his thing as he always has. The faithful are not foolish. We do what, we should, we do what should be done, but we are not panicked because we know the restorative power of God. He will work this out. Whether he uses health agencies, vaccines, doctors, or hospitals, God will work this out. We have seen him work in the Bible, and we have seen him work in our life experiences. We live in awe of his power and lean heavily upon him for our deliverance. That's why the songwriter wrote, Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning, leaning, On the everlasting arms. No matter what the situation, God is always good. Believers are true and faithful regardless of the challenges we face. We remain strong because we know the essential goodness of the Lord. Whether we experience anxiety, loss, or death, or affirmation of faith should always remain. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. When we struggle to understand pandemic losses, death, and trouble, some are tempted to question what seems to be the inactivity of God. That is the furthest from the truth. God is active. God is good. God will deliver. When we struggle to understand this, we ask Why is such pain and misery allowed? God never promised us immunity from the storms of life. He never promised us that there would always be sunshine. However, he did promise that he would be with us and never leave us alone. That's a dual promise that provides a place in his care on either side of Jordan. 
The faithful must not sink so low that we begin to speak as the doubter spoke and question God's authority. We never ask God why he chose to bless us. We received his favor. We didn't give it back. Now that we face an epidemic of trouble and frustration, we should not trouble or even think about questioning his judgment. Just hang on to your ticket. You have a front row seat in glory, no matter how and what God decides to do. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Sometimes there is smoke, sometimes there's fire, and tragedy on the battlefield. Sometimes comrades fall, but we must sing with the resolve of our forefathers. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord, and I promised him that I would serve him till I die. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Strong soldiers keep the faith. The songwriter was right when he said, Tempted and tried, we're oft made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long, while there are others living about us, never molested though in the wrong. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll all understand it all by and by. This is why God is greatly to be praised. Even in troublesome times, we should praise God. David went further in Psalm 96, 4. He says, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. This is in reference to the intensity of our praise here. To praise God greatly means our praise is more intense than our circumstance. If we encounter joy, then our praise of God, who is that source of joy, is louder than our words of excitement among our friends. If we get a new house, a car, jewelry, we are excited. But our praise of God for supplying these items is greater. Conversely, if we face danger, sickness, loss, persecution, our praise of God should drown out our fears, doubts, and apprehensions. Death, destruction, plague, and pestilence are not of God, but are often allowed by God. So why is this? It is, it's definitely a mystery to all of us. We all know that there are times when God allows the wicked to prosper for a time, but they are soon cut down. There are also times when he allows plague and destruction to wake up a godless world with pandemic force. We don't know the reason why this particular pandemic has come upon us, but I do know that we must continue to stand up in faith that we must continue to be an example in the midst of trouble. We must put our faith in God. It seems that this happens whenever the world strays too far from the godly. When this happens, worship slackens or personal devotion disappears 
and our loyalty to God is not steadfast. Sometimes it happens when the world begins to feel that it can exist without God. Even those who believe start to believe that all of their worship and study is wasteful. The church should praise God because he has blessed us intensively. Yet some in the church can't see the need for so much worship and believe we are wasting our time greatly praising God. A certain man who had been absent from church from a long time received an inquiring visit from the pastor. The man told the pastor, I've attended nearly every Sunday for 30 years. In that time, I have heard something like 1,500 sermons. In all of those years, people were shouting praises to God and thanking him. I listened to the sermons and the praises, but for the life of me, I cannot remember a single one of them. So I think I'm wasting my time, Pastor. And you, Pastor, you're wasting your time by giving sermons and all of those words of praise that I can't even remember. The pastor said, I've been married for 30 years now. During this time, my wife has prepared me over 30,000 meals. She closed out every day by saying, I love you, and read me a scripture, poem, or cute little phrase over 11,000 times. But for the life of me, I cannot recall the entire menu for a single one of those meals, or remember a single one of those poems. But I do know this. They all nourished me and gave me strength that I needed to do my work. When you worship the Lord, you may not remember every sermon title or be able to recite every verse, but at the end of the day, you know that they mean God loves you. Remember this. When you are down to nothing, God is up to something. When there is trouble all around, God is still on the throne, and he will never leave us alone. God is great, and he is greatly to be praised. We must tell of his goodness. Finally, brothers and sisters, in difficult times, we must not focus on the tragedy without also focusing on the ecstasy of God's deliverance. This too will pass. God will deliver us. He says so. He never breaks his promises. David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. He reminded believers that if it had not been for the Lord on his side, he never would have made it. Like David, we see the trouble ahead, but we also see the goodness of the Lord. The news tells us about the dangers of this worldwide pandemic, but I must tell you about the goodness of the Lord. You may tell me how the lines at the stores are getting longer and shelves are empty, but I serve a God whose shelves of mercy are never empty. I must tell about the goodness of the Lord. You may worry about schools and government shutting down our fear, but Psalm 121 says, He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. I must tell of the goodness of the Lord because when you are sick, he will be the doctor in your sick room. When you are in trouble, 
he will be a lawyer in your courtroom. If you're lost and confused, he will make a way out of no way. Hungry and thirsty, he will feed you with the bread on high. That's why the old warriors cried out, bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. I must tell of the goodness of the Lord. In the midst of sorrow, God is good because he brings joy. In the midst of conflicts, God is good because he brings us courage. In the midst of danger, God is good because he brings us safety. In the midst of weakness, God is good because he gives us strength. In the midst of defeat, God is good because he brings us the victory. In the midst of the storm, God is good because he speaks to the wind and waves and they obey his will. I must tell of the goodness of the Lord. I must tell them about Jesus Christ. I must tell them that he lived on this earth for 33 years. I must tell how he bore that old rugged cross. I must tell how he died out in Calvary. But early Sunday morning, he arose from that grave and with all the power in his hands, we must all tell the goodness of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we need to hear your wisdom. You can give us different ways of thinking and different ways of handling the situation that we're currently in. Lord, show me. Show us what the right approaches are. Show each of us the next right thing to do. Help each of us to reject ungodly thoughts. Help each of us to seek love and cooperation. Lord, show us how to make sure that each of us feels understood and cared for. Bring unity to all of us. Keep us from listening to the voice of the enemy. Keep us from focusing and falling into the enemy's plans for us. Lord, we know that there is purpose for all of this. Help us to remain the faithful in the times of crisis. Lord, help us to be mindful of your words, to understand that this is not above you, and you have it handled. Lord, give us peace with the knowledge of this. You are a mighty God, and you will be praised. Keep us mindful of this week as we focus on the fact that you were planning something so great for us, a time when you would give up your son for our benefit simply because you loved us. Lord, thank you for that sacrifice. Thank you that you loved us despite our transgressions against you. Thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is in his name this morning we pray. Amen. For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on that night when he was betrayed took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great sacrifice of your son for our salvation. Lord, we can never thank you enough for the way that you have blessed us in this way. 
Lord, I pray that our lives will reflect our gratefulness to that gift that you gave us. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. At the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup, which is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance to me. Let us pray again. Lord, along with your sacrifice, we thank you that you love us so much, that you take care of us. Despite the many, many reasons we don't deserve it, you still show grace and mercy to us. We thank you for your son, which was sacrificed on the cross. We celebrate that this very week. We know the trials and tribulations that Jesus went through that week to get us to the point where we are now with you, that we can have a loving relationship with you, Lord. We thank you that Jesus sacrificed himself on that cross, that he spilt his blood so that our sins could be washed away. Lord, we thank you for this. And in all things, we give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. We just want to tell you that we want you to stay faithful and we want you to stay safe. God bless you. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we invite you to call on him now and through a simple prayer of faith, give your life to him. If you're not attending a church that honors the Bible as the Word of God, we encourage you to locate and begin attending such a church in the area where you live. The message you have just heard was preached from the pulpit of First Baptist Church, Winton, California. For more information on the ministry of First Baptist Church, Winton, please visit our website at wintonchurch.org.